All right, we are live. Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update, where I go over the latest news and the different headline articles. Of course, if you have anything that you wanted to share with me, feel free to, to leave it at the comments below. Uh, if there is time or uh, if I'm able to, I'd love to get to it and I can review it in real time. Nevertheless, let's get started with the pressing news of the week, and then we'll go over the latest market updates. Um, if there's anyone that is considering to buy or sell real estate, feel free to reach out. Happy to be a resource. Uh, this uh, 4th of July weekend, um, you're going to see some of the data and some of the trends that are happening, uh, but it's still definitely busy, busy as ever. Now, let's get going. Let's take a look at some of the most recent headlines. Okay, the very first pressing headline is that the real estate industry is suing over the coronavirus eviction ban. So what has been going on across different places, especially in California, is uh, actually for most of the country, there was an eviction ban, but different uh, states and different uh, counties may have their own processes in terms of when people can start and file for eviction. Interesting enough, for those that have already been opened up in other areas, the uh, people, uh, lawyers have already been filing for eviction. So it's just stockpiling. And so the courts have been in incredibly busy just going through the notions of uh, actually going through the eviction process. So it wasn't waiting until the day of then people were starting to file. People were already filing ahead of time to get into that queue. But this is certainly a very uh, polarizing discussion because on the one end, a lot of people have been affected. There was a disproportionate amount of people that were affected that are mainly renters all over the country. So they can't pay bills, even though they have the stimulus checks. At the same time, not all um, apartments are, are corporate entities. Some are mom and pop, some are individual investors that uh, work very hard to have that property. And now they can't collect rent and they can't evict somebody. It's also very challenging if you think about it from the homeowner's perspective, they can't even really sell the house either because they can't vacate it or they can't force a, uh, they can't force that tenant to leave. So it's a very tricky situation when it comes to this. And I know there was different uh, cities that were trying to provide some sort of stimulus, but it's just not even close. I think Houston had something recently of 10 to 15 million of uh, support from the city to landlords, but landlords picked it up in 15 minutes. So it was all gone in a matter of, in a very short period. So whatever the, the local city uh, would try to fundraise is just not going to work. So the only way this would be assisted was, would be either where the banks may not uh, collect, will have some sort of forbearance program so they don't have to make payments. That would give relief or if there's some sort of federal level uh, intervention in this case. So it's a very tricky thing, but the real estate industry, mainly from the different associations uh, of realtors, especially given that they can't even sell the house now, since there's going to be a tenant that you don't even know when you, it, you would be able to evict, uh, now they filed a lawsuit to uh, counter the measures uh, from what the local jurisdictions have been doing. So it's really interesting. We'll see how this plays out. Any sort of lawsuits takes a long time, but 
there's certainly going to be a lot of back and forth because not all, as I mentioned, are large corporate entities. A lot of them and a the majority are actually mom and pop individual uh, owners. Something to be aware of. Next point. So mortgage rates continue to fall to new all-time lows. Um, this has been the trend for a while, and I suspect it'll keep happening. Um, now we're at an amazing average rate is, is at 3.07% for a 30-year fix. Just incredible figures to see. Now, mortgage applications have actually slowed down slightly. Uh, so this is, I think, the second week now in a row, second or third week, that it has dropped slightly. Now, it's dropped by 1.8%. So it's certainly not a drastic drop. So the question is always still from my last video, is it still at the baseline that it was before, which was a really high and abrupt uh, increase two weeks ago? Or are we starting to see a slowdown in terms of more uh, people that are uh, entering the market? We will see, but 1.8% is not much. Uh, even if it did increase by this amount, it's not much either, but it still shows a very high amount of interest for people wanting to buy a home. As you'll see momentarily, inventory will continue to be a problem. So there, hopefully there is not a fatigue from buyers where they're just not able to buy property, so they just may give up. Uh, that does happen, as you'll see momentarily, once I go over the market data of how many properties are actually available in the market. But nevertheless, it's dropped slightly by about 1.8% versus the previous week. Uh, the forbearance rates have dropped for the third week in a row. So as I, as I went through my previous um, uh, market updates, I suspect that this will continue to drop, even though COVID cases have been increasing in, in different parts across the country. I suspect it will drop because now people will have the ability to actually pay uh, back and to get out of the forbearance program. As I mentioned, the previous uh, weeks, it's even if you wanted to, you couldn't even get out of the forbearance program. And so this next week when we do this, because then we'll get through uh, basically the, a little over the first week of July, we'll be able to see how things have been affected and what that will look like from there. But it still has dropped slightly, but nothing too interesting to point out in this case. Housing market recovery, things have been looking up. You know, if you've been following my uh, podcast and my videos, you've been able to see just the level of activity, especially here in the Bay Area. So there has been an index by Realtor.com in terms of how do things fare versus the last week of January. So the index is set to 100 as the baseline in terms of housing demand, home prices, the pace of sales and inventory. So it's all merged together to have a general index. You can see that in the Western regions, uh, things have been a lot more favorable than even in the end of July, uh, sorry, the end of January. And the Northeast, especially in the New York area, which has been really clobbered for a long time, uh, there's a lot of positive sentiments there. Um, so if you've been following my, my videos and in the podcast, this should be at no surprise, but this was a survey done recently too. Now, when it comes to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they have now offered new multifamily forbearance options. So this would help both sides. So if a multifamily owner was renting a property and renting into different units, uh, they now have the option to extend their forbearance program where they can delay payments. But there is a cause for this, as in they can't just do this and not uh, and still charge for rent. So, they, so there are tenant protections in place if they are allowed to do that, even with 
uh, any sort of local county jurisdictions. So this also mentions any extension of the forbearance period will also extend the pro prohibition of, on evicting tenants solely for non-payment of rents, which was part of its original forbearance programs in response to a previous uh, disaster of the Hurricane Harvey back in 2017. So something to be aware of. So if there is relief from the federal level with the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, this also ultimately will help those landlords and then will ultimately help those tenants not have to be evicted. So there are, are uh, rules in place if they want to take this forbearance program. So it's something very interesting that it wasn't as widely known or available for the multifamily space. Um, this should come to no surprise. Now, you may look at it and you may say, wow, this is an incredibly high figure that is jumped by 44% uh, pending home sales surged. Now, this has a lot to do with uh, just a very low baseline of properties even to buy uh, back in April. As you can imagine, the mid-March and, and April was the worst time uh, of this period so far. Uh, so it was no surprise from a comparison perspective that May was significantly higher than what it was the previous months. But it is uh, an, a tremendous amount if you look at from a pure percentage gains perspective. And you, you can also see that contracts still remain lower than a year ago. However, this is not because of the lack of demand. This is the lack of inventory. As I brought up many times, the inventory levels are, are still quite a bit lower than it was last year. We're still about 15 to 20% lower properties available to even buy than the previous year. So if there was the same amount of inventory, we would probably have hit uh, a higher figure. But because of the constraint of inventory, um, we still are lower than the year before. But regardless, it's still a, a very big uptick. It's a very large increase uh, month over month. Next, um, it's certainly going to be very interesting, especially with uh, things coming down the pipe, right? We have an, an uncertain aspects of COVID in terms of there's been an uptake across the U.S. So there is some uncertainty there. There is uncertainty when it comes to uh, the election. That's normal every time around. However, those are quite frankly things that nobody will know the answer of how this will ultimately impact the real estate market or the stock market. It could go higher. It could go lower. It is unknown. Uh, however, for the most part, most people that are buying and selling, they still need to do it and they want to do it regardless. And they're not going to wait for that as anything that may help or hurt their chances of finding the home especially with how low inventory levels are. And so uh, it's certainly being extremely busy, busy for me. I did a video yesterday just highlighting I've been fortunate to help uh, 14 families so far, and I have at least 15 to 20 active buyers as we speak and several listings that will be coming up in the market. So it's certainly been very busy for agents that are very active. It's been more of a flight to quality agents. So they've been busier than ever. I mean, I've been busier than ever. I'm showing houses every single weekend on the weekdays as well. And then you also unfortunately have some that actually took basically like a three to four months unpaid vacation. So for those that are active, whether it's on the mortgage side because of low interest rates, so purchases, refinances are crazy busy. From my perspective, a real estate agent, things are extremely busy because people are leveraging these record low rates. For the most part, a lot of jobs seem to be fairly stable. I know a lot of companies, they have cut really deep when they made those cuts, so they don't have to do that again. 
Um, and so a lot of people will have that confidence moving forward and pairing that with really low inventory. Uh, it's certainly difficult for a lot of buyers to try to find the property that they want. But make no mistake, we are busier than ever. Um, and we are not expecting any sort of summer holiday breaks anytime soon. So that gives you a little bit of an update of what's been going on with all the different things and all the different motivations as to why people are wanting to find and buy uh, a new place that wasn't uh, in their cars before. This is a pretty good and exciting one in terms of commercial deals. So even though people may have been scared or people may assume that no activity is happening or there's so much uncertainties, you know, here is a really interesting one because this is happening in downtown San Jose. So clearly these developers are still extremely bullish about the Google Village project, which is going to be a massive commercial mixed use space happening uh, on the west side of downtown San Jose. So clearly they're very bullish. They have uh, some developers have acquired two apartment complexes. So even though you may have heard different rent, there may be challenges from rents um, or uh, decreases potentially in rents. Certainly these investors are do not care or they do not factor this short-term blip or they also use this as an opportunity to buy more assets um, when people may be scared from the general market. So uh, investors have bought two apartment complexes and one office tower in downtown San Jose. This is worth $364 million deal. And this is all fairly close next to uh, the Google Village campus. So they're clearly still very bullish on that. So that goes with that aspect. Now let's take a look at the market data. I'm gonna make this larger for everybody to see. So let's look at San Mateo uh, County in terms of residentials. So as you can see from the latest figures, let me change this. So new listings have, uh, unfortunately, has been the lowest it has been in weeks. We're at 140 new listings. List price decreases have not have dropped. So it's much less. You can see the trend that has been going down. But you can see the number of that is going contingent and pending. Recent highs, I mean, this is now four months highs. So you can see the huge imbalance between available properties, how many buyers are actively buying. And this is on a week by week basis that are actually changing the status between going contingent and going pending. So it's very, very tight inventory levels. So if you happen to have a property in San Mateo County or anywhere in the Bay Area, let's talk. It's very hard to argue why you would think there may be a better opportunity for yourself as a seller, given these trends, but clearly very low inventory levels um, and a lot of buyer activity, a lot of buyer demands. So you can see that from the charts. You can see that from the figures. Now, price-wise, you can see June actually had a drop from what it was in May for single-family houses in San Mateo County. However, if you look at it from a year-over-year -year perspective, it is still higher than what it was last June. And you can still see it's still the second highest month of the of, of the year, certainly. But it's and it's still a lot higher than it was in previous months. So while there was a pullback from a price from a record hot May, uh, it's still relatively high versus what it was previously. So we'll see what happens with July. I suspect we might see a slight decrease from this figure, but it still may be much higher than it was last year. 
Now, from a condo and townhome perspective, we did see increases than it was uh, in May. It is a little bit lower than what it was in April, which were record high times. But you can see people are being more okay with the, with the condos and townhomes types of layouts and styles. But you can see it's all been relatively flat. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to comp these and provide um, you know, uh, analysis of what else has sold recently, given it's been relatively flat. So the type of property is going to be what matters more than anything else. Let's take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County actually looks, unfortunately, uh, even worse from a ratio perspective. You can see new listings, 327, which are actually at some of the lowest levels it has been, certainly another 20% lower than it was uh, pre-shelter levels. But you can see just the amount that is going contingent and the amount that's going pending. We're at 430, which is our record highs of the even pre-shelter. You can see that's even a volume of another 30% above what it was previously. So just really intense, really, really, really difficult for buyers. Um, so you just have to be ready to go. And as you can see, these numbers are have a significantly more of an imbalance than what you saw at San Mateo County. Now, unfortunately, these charts are not pulling up. Um, so I'm going to have to update that momentarily. You can find these spreadsheet. You can find the spreadsheet. I'll have it posted on the link, so you can. I'll update this, and you can see that later. But the general trends is somewhat similar to San Mateo County. Uh, we're seeing a, a general either flattening of the curve or some minor uh, price increases still in in the Santa Clara County area. If we take a look at San Francisco, we can see that. I've actually pulled what the figures were from this June and what it looked like in the last June. You can see single families are still a little bit lower. We're about the same in terms of number of sold over the weeks. So same, same levels as before. So it's not getting better. It's not getting worse. But you can see the average price points, or sorry, the median price points has certainly increased significantly over the months. And you can see how it fares over even last June. It's still higher than last June. So for those expecting or hoping for some sort of decline in prices for single family, it's just not happening at this time. Uh, it may not happen at all. Now, condos, on the other hand, have had, had some more weakness. You can see the volume has certainly decreased than it was before. You can see the price points are lower than it was before as well. But we're not seeing too drastic of a change. You can see uh, it's probably only about 5% or so of a decline. So those are just the expectations that you should have when it comes to buying properties in San Francisco. There is more opportunities because you can see the number that is selling is significantly less than it was before. So there is a lot more to choose from, but you're not seeing much of a decline um, at this point. And as things start to open back up again, uh, I suspect things will actually slightly improve than where you see the very bare case right now which is things are just not open in San Francisco, um, but it's the prices are still holding fairly flat. So this is very important to understand. It's always important to understand the difference between the purchase market along with the rental market. So you may see different headline articles of people leaving San Francisco. Um, and that is true from a rental perspective, without a doubt. However, from a homeowner perspective, it's not happening, as you can see, as much as people would think. And as you can see as well, that the condo market in terms of the number that has been sold has been uh, picking up again. So now we're at 164 over the month, which is 
which has improved significantly over the last two months. So, you know, whatever misconception that you may have of the market itself, it's important to understand the data and hopefully you can read and understand the data to, um, for you to really understand like, where is the market going? Where is the market heading? Um, because these are live data and this is being extracted from what is actually happening. So I hope this was helpful. If there's any questions or if you wanna talk about your situation, whether it's on the buy side or the sell side, happy to have a conversation. Feel free to reach out to me with my contact details below. And um, other than that, have a long, a nice long 4th of July weekend and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.